What's up? Welcome to this week's sermon podcast of Living Word Pretoria East. Here, you can listen to our latest weekly sermon for your spiritual growth. We believe that this message will really bless you. I want to share on on the way of the kingdom. All right, we we we're gonna we're gonna study a bit because there's such a key for us this year. Um, last last week I spoke on on what God wants to do. He wants to mobilize us. He wants us to get going. Uh, our theme is let's move, and we're gonna see God move in your life, in the church's life, and what God wants to do. Amen. It's gonna be full of God's presence and God's glory. But there's a way. God doesn't want us just to move aimlessly. There's a specific way that God wants to do us, and God calls us to his kingdom, all right? And, and I'm going to lay a foundation and we're going to start looking at what God's kingdom is and what it means for us. Are you ready? Psalm 103, 19 says, The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all, right? So God's kingdom is over each of us. It rules over all. Psalm 45, 6 says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of uprightness. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures because it gives us the definition and the character of the kingdom. We know this, that this is very famous, John 3, 3, where Jesus speaks to, to Nicodemus and he says, unless one is born again, John 3, 3, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Amen. And he said, but how can a man go back into his mother's womb when he's old? How does he enter a second time? And he says, unless one is born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Amen. So we obtain it. You have to be born again. John 18:36 says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from the world. So there's a different kingdom that we talk about. Hebrews 12 is this, this is the kingdom. He says, therefore let us be grateful receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Amen. And thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. So we'll just look at that today of a different kinds of kingdoms. You see, we struggle because today there's very little kingdoms. We don't have a lot of kingdoms. Most nations have democracy, isn't it? But there's not a lot of kingdoms. And, and what is the difference between a kingdom and a democracy? Because none of us were actually born into a kingdom. I don't know, maybe there's a, one or two of you that maybe you were born into a kingdom. But we have never experienced actually the biblical concept of a kingdom. True? And unfortunately, most of our theologians who, who, who write things never experience kingdom life as the Bible has presented it. You know, the Bible is all about a king. The Bible is about a king. So, so we need to understand the concept of a king. That's what we need to understand. That A concept is what? A concept is an idea. And when we talk about concept and ideas, there's, there's kingdom ideas. Ideas control everything. Everything that you see used to be an idea. The shirt you wear used to be an idea in somebody's head before it came. The, the shoes you wear used to be someone's idea, an idea, all right? Whatever you have, the, the technology and the cameras we use, and whatever used to be an idea. 
the houses we live in. It used to be an idea. So, so ideas not only control the world, but there's a saying that the world is run by dead men's ideas. All right, Socrates, Aristotle, Plato, all these, they actually created democracy as an idea. And so actually the world is ruled from the grave. Their ideas. So an idea is a concept and we need to understand kingdom concept if we need to understand kingdom and what God came to, to tell us. Because the concept of the view a person has, all right, determines how you see life. Your concept or your idea determines how you see life. And, and the Bible has a different concept about kingdom than what, what's been preaching and teaching and all these things. Kingdom concept is opposite to democracy. So, so if your concept is wrong, it means that your conclusion is going to be wrong. True? Come on, you can preach with me. All right? If your concept is wrong about kingdom, your conclusion about kingdom is going to be wrong. And we need to understand so that we can have the right concept. Concept is where we get the word conception from. Where conception takes place, it's, it's the beginning or the origin, the place of impregnation so that we can give birth. We said it last week. We cannot stay pregnant forever. There's a time that we need to give birth. And look at your neighbor and say, hey, there's a kingdom within us. There's a kingdom within us. We need to give birth. That what you carry, we just said it, what you carry. There's a kingdom within you. Luke 17, 21 and 20, uh, 21 says, Neither shall they say, look here or look there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. That's Jesus' words. I love it. The Passion Translation says, The kingdom is not discovered in one place or another. God's kingdom realm is already expanding within some of, some of you. God's kingdom, and that's one of the characteristics we'll see, a kingdom is always looking for expansion. That's one of the things. So, the kingdom concept is one that God created. God created or invented the kingdom. God was the first king. He's the first king. In fact, the Bible speaks of him as the king of glory. The king of glory. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 11 and 12 says, For you know how like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. He's the king of glory. Psalm 24 says it's so, so prominent. Lift up your heads, O gates. Amen. Lift up the ancient doors that the king of glory may come in. And he says, who is the king of glory? He says, the Lord of hosts, he is the king of glory. Amen. So he's the king of glory. There's, a, there's another thing about God. He says that the Bible calls him the ancient king. Psalm 74, 12 says, but God is my king from the ancient times who brings acts of deliverance throughout the earth. He's the ancient king, meaning he's the oldest one. There's none before him. He's the oldest king. All right. And he produced the idea when he first created the heavens and the earth. He's called the king of glory, which is the invisible realm, the heaven. That's the kingdom where he reigns from. King of glory. And, and God wanted, as we said, to extend his kingdom because that's one of the natures of the kingdom. It's, it's always expanding. It's extending. So he wanted to extend his kingdom 
beyond the physical universe. So, so he created the physical universe where he existed. He created that. All right. He created the heavens. He created the earth so that he could extend his kingdom. All kingdoms want to, to expand. That's one of the kingdom concepts. And, and that's why kingdom concept for us is so critical. Because kingdom wants to expand. Knowing that God is the first king, he produced children who he trained to be kings over the earth. So he not only became king, all right, through creation of the invisible world, he became the king of kings. We are his kids. We are his offspring. So we are kings. Come on. Can you understand that? Or is it too deep for you? Now you are the most sophisticated crowd this morning. All right. The most clever crowd I ever had. We are his offspring. You are his children. That means if he is the king of kings, he says that, that you are a king over the physical realm of this earth. That's why he says, we gave dominion to you. You have to rule and reign. Dominion over the birds of the air, the fish, the animals, not just one another. Didn't give us dominion over one another. He gave us dominion over our dominion, the earth. So we are kings and we are lords. He's the king of kings and the lord of lords. It's important that we understand these, these ideas because what we do when we look at kingdom, we need to deal with a changing of mindset. A changing of mindset. We know that as you think, so, you, you, so he is. So it's important to change your mindset to think like a kingdom. And that's what we're going to work on is that we start thinking like a kingdom to understand. You have to change your thinking. For example, kingdoms have kings. Kings are automatically lords. Lord meaning that you own. If you're a lord, it means that you are an owner of something. So, so all kingdoms must have a constitution. All right. Here's some characteristics of a kingdom. They must have laws and they must have what they call symbols. So a kingdom has got a constitution. A kingdom has a code of ethics that people live by. Put your mind in the kingdom. Every kingdom must have a body of law that creates keys through which the kingdom work. There's a body of law that creates keys through which the kingdom work. So when Jesus says, I give you the keys of the kingdom, he actually didn't mean the keys like we know a physical key that opens up doors. Although that's what, what we do. That's the principle of what we follow. But when he says, I give you the key of the kingdom, what he actually says is he's talking about authority to have access to government power. I give you the keys of the kingdom because the kingdom has got certain keys which the kingdoms work through. So that's what he says. Come on. That's the law of the kingdom. There's laws of kingdom. So, so concepts of a kingdom is critical. And there's many of them. There's really, there's a lot of prioritize these things. Pagans, Nanki. Pagans prioritize these things. And he says, but you seek first of all. In other words, first means priority. Come on, say priority. He says, first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. So God's priority. 
He says, spend the rest of your life seeking His kingdom. Meaning this, He says, study it, explore it, pursue it, try to understand it, get to know how it works. All these things, He says, you do that with your life and you seek His righteousness. Seek first the kingdom. Righteousness is by all noch. Means this. Let me just get it. I touched the screen wrong now. Righteous, righteousness is this. From the, the courts of law, to be righteous means to rightly be positioned with authority of government. Alright, that's what righteousness means from a court of law. To be rightly positioned with authority of government. So, so if you stop at a red light, it means that you are being righteous. That's what it says. Because the law, you're literally obeying the law. That's what it says. But if you, you stay in line with the government. But it says if you run the red light, you act unrighteously. Because you've, you've broken relationship with the government. Right? So that's what it says. Remember, it's the kingdom we speak of. There's a different system. And what he says is this, seek first the government of God and seek to stay in line with God's government. Do those. Don't violate the covenant. Stay in line with government. Stay in it. Position yourself properly. That's the most powerful message of Jesus. He says, because the Father knows you need all these things. He says, if you do this, if you align yourself, what did we say last week? Everything will be added and the question we ask is why do you work for something that needs to be added why do we work if you position and align yourself he says these things will be added that was the powerful message of jesus about the kingdom <clears throat> in matthew 4 jesus comes out of the wilderness the first thing he preaches he says repent for the kingdom of god is at hand the kingdom of heaven, and it's interchangeable. Kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, same thing. All right. So what he announces first is change your thinking. Change your thinking. You were in sin. You were a slave to sin. You lost everything. But hey, the kingdom of heaven has come. The kingdom of heaven has returned. So how do we seek the kingdom? How, how, how do we seek the kingdom? This is one thing. Number one. You've got to get to the king. The center of a kingdom is a person, not an organization. Think about it. The center of a kingdom is a person, the king, not an organization. This is the key that we have to understand about the kingdom. The king is the source of a kingdom. That's why Jesus comes and he says, hey, if you come unto me, that's right, you'll know the kingdom of God. He's the source of the kingdom. Jesus is the king. It comes out of his birthright. First seek the king. All right, so principle one for today, first seek the king. It's about a person. You see, one time Jesus comes and he speaks to his disciples and he says that, hey, the kingdom of God is with you. And later I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to place that kingdom within you. It shall be in you. He says this, that I'm going to take the spirit of the governor of the kingdom, the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to put him in you. 
It's going to come. And on the day of Pentecost, he breathed on them. They literally received the kingdom. Because the kingdom is first a person. He breathed the Holy Spirit as a person. The kingdom is first a person. All right? And then it's lived out in administration. Maybe if I, if I stretch your mind this morning, it's good because we need to grow. And what did we say is this year's theme? Let's move. Come on, so we're, gonna, we're not going to sit. We're going to move. All right. Amen. So how do we define a kingdom to someone that does not have ever heard or understood what a kingdom is? So let me first tell you what's a kingdom not. Kingdom is not a democracy. A kingdom is not a religion. Kingdom is not a republic. All right. A definition. Let, it give, let me give you a definition again of the kingdom. A kingdom is a governing influence of a king over his territory, impacting it with his will, his purpose, his intent, producing a citizenry of people who express his culture and his nature therein. All right, so let me say that again. It's the a kingdom is a governing influence of a king over his territory, impacting it with his will, his purpose, his intent, Producing a citizenship, a citizenry of people who express his culture and reflect his nature therein. All right? So first of all, a kingdom is not a religion. Because unfortunately, we have reduced the Bible to just a religion. But the kingdom is not a religion. The kingdom is also not a democracy. All right? We were born into a Western world. And unfortunately, when we pick up the Bible, the Bible is in danger. Why? Because we're going to superimpose our cultural experience on that book. And it's not a democracy. And it's also not a republic, meaning that the kingdom doesn't have a president. You see, the kingdom is affected by the mind of the king, not the legislation of a group of people. Maybe I'm stirring you today. Maybe we're going to sit in the classroom and we're going to work. But God needs for us to understand this whole thing. That's why we say we, we're working on the idea, the concept, that you start grasping the concept of a kingdom so that you can start living in the kingdom. Amen? The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. So many things. He says the kingdom doesn't just come with words but in power. It's all these things and we need to understand it for us to see it. To be it, to live it, because we have a wrong mentality. You see, that's why Jesus says a kingdom is affected by the mind of the king. That's why he says, thy will be done, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It's his will, not our legislation and our thinking and things. It's his mind, his will. A kingdom is the personal, is impacted by the personal will of a king. A king decides. Exodus 19 verse 6, he says this. You shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And these are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. He says his mind, he speaks his things. You're a kingdom of priests, this is what you're going to say. His will, his mind, his purpose. Amen. It's by the will of the king. With the king manifests the kingdom. It produces a citizenship, a citizenry. That means a people that reflect the culture of the king and manifest the nature 
of a king. I just want to get my prop. Thank you. All right, so here is a beautiful fake flower. All right. And it was full of dust. They had to wash it so that we can use it for God. <laughs> there's, a, there's an important thing that I want you to understand about the nature of God. The nature, because God says this is what He wants for us. He created us with His nature in us. Amen. In the beginning, God created man. And it says, and he created him in his image and likeness. All right? So, here's some flowers, but if you can see, there's some green buds. All right? Even a flower has a bud. All right, no, that's different, a bud. Okay? <laughs> Good. I'm glad you're with me now. So, so, here's this. If the flower is just this green bud... All right, it's just going to be this green little ball. The flower will be inside this ball. That's where the flower comes from, from the inside. Do you all agree? All right, it comes from the inside. So the real glory of the bud will be the flower opening. That's the real glory. It's not the bud, it's the flowering, it's the opening of the flower. Glory means this, it's the full expression of a thing. That's the glory. It means the weight or the full weight of something. God's kabot. Kabot, the glory. And He wants us, God wants us to fill the earth with His full nature. So come on, just, this is the thing. God put the glory in Adam. The glory of God was put in Adam. It, image means nature. We were created in His image. It means in the nature of. But Adam lost that nature when he disobeyed God. So the glory has been smothered by rebellion, by the sin. And that's why the word says all of creation is waiting for the glory, for the manifestation of the sons of God. You see, the planet, the trees and the birds, and the, the, they all knew what Adam used to look like. They knew what he used to, to look like and, and actually they are all weeping. And what they're saying is, why can't we see the true nature of God? Where is that? It's waiting for the sons of God, the, the glory, to be exposed, to manifest again because they knew the glory. But because of sin, it was smothered and covered. And nature is waiting for the glory to be manifest again. Amen. <clears throat> Let me see. I'm almost halfway. That's why Jesus said this, I came to reveal the glory of God. John 17, and this is interesting, it's so beautiful. Jesus says, I came to reveal the glory of God. And then in John 17, 22, what does he say? But Father, you've glorified me. Give me back now because I've glorified you. And the glory that you've given me, I now, come on, give to them, to us. He gave us the glory back. That what needs to be manifest. The glory of the sons of God. He says, Father, I came to restore. And the glory that you've given me and the glory that they were created in, I give them back the glory again. Amen. There's my scripture gone now. I give it back. 
So you created. And this is the thing that they may be one, even as we are one. We need to be one. Remember, the kingdom is a person. You first need to seek the person and be one with him. One with him. You see, people need to look at us and see what heaven is like. Just by our lifestyle, our attitude, our cultural expression and all these things. You see, culture is so important. Because religion produces a system. Kingdom produces a culture. Religion produces a system. People try to follow a system, a list of rules, do's, don'ts. That's our problem. God says it's not a rules and less to do. Kingdom produces a culture. It means a lifestyle that is natural. That's kingdom. It's not hard. Jesus said, I didn't come to put more yoke upon you. I came to make it easy. The kingdom is here. It's a lifestyle that is natural. Just get back to the origin. Just get back to who it's about. The king with his kingdom. That's why God hates the law written on tablets. All right. He says, I don't want this. He says, I want to write them on your mind and in your heart so that it can become a natural lifestyle. That's what he wants. Kingdom is this. We're supposed to love one another. All right. Because it's our culture, not because he told us. That's kingdom culture. We love one another. <coughs> kingdom culture God says you forgive your enemies not because you're under guilt because it's our culture in other words in our kingdom our culture is to love our enemies that's what we do we said it let me touch on that our culture and kingdom is to give that's what it is if we force people to give in ministry if we force you that means it's still religion that's religious. The culture of heaven says this. As a part of God's kingdom citizenship, we are ambassadors. Come on. And we represent our country, heaven. We're taking the good news of the kingdom around the world. That's something different. Then giving becomes a cultural act, not a force. We need to understand kingdom. It's not force. Because religion, I'm almost done, is bondage. The number one opposition for Jesus was not every sinner. It was not a sinner, all right? It was religious people. Jesus never rebuked or damned any sinner. He rebuked and he damned religious people. Why? Look at what he says in Matthew 23, verse 13. He says this, But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, Come on, just say hypocrites. Sounds good. For you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You neither enter yourself nor allow those who would enter to go in. What he says is the religious system. He was talking to religious leaders, the, the scribes and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. He says, you lock the kingdom in people's faces. Meaning, you don't want to talk about the kingdom. You don't want to say that. You don't want to enter, but you're also preventing them from entering it. How? By giving them 
a system, by giving them religion, rules, regulations. You're preventing them from entering the kingdom. Religion is the greatest opposition to the kingdom. It's the greatest threat to the kingdom. Because religion attempts to substitute itself for the kingdom of God. And God says no. You see, Jesus never joined a religious group. Let's just go one notch deeper. And I've dunked you right deep today. Right? Jesus never became part of the Sanhedrin council. When they arrested Jesus, they, they took him before the Sanhedrin council. But what happens? When they try him, he never answers or speaks a word. Why? It's a religious trial for priests. He was not religious. He didn't speak. When did he speak? He spoke when he appeared before Pontius, Pontius Pilate. The governor of the kingdom. Now he speaks because now he's speaking to a kingdom. He doesn't speak to religion. He speaks to a kingdom. The religious leaders arrest Jesus. They put him on trial. Correct? But he doesn't answer them because wrong courtroom. He's a king, not the priest now. He's a king. Because this is what Pontius Pilate does. When they put him before Pontius Pilate. Hey. What does he ask him? He says this. Oh, I didn't know you're also a king. They say you're a king. And Jesus says, hey, not only am I a king, this is the reason I was born. And he says, my kingdom didn't come from the earth. It came to the earth, but it doesn't come from the earth. It's from another place. That's what Jesus says. Come on. Mm. We're going to go deep. Okay. Last bit, then we're done. Jesus speaks this. He says, you couldn't find great faith nowhere in Israel until he found who? He found a man in a kingdom, the centurion, a Roman. He says, why? Because he understood kingdom. He understood system, authority. I can't find great faith in Israel until he met a kingdom man. You see, in religion, you need to please the gods and giving them gifts and all these things. But as a man in a kingdom, you can demand because you're a citizen. Doesn't Paul do that? When they try to arrest Paul, he says, hey, I'm a Roman citizen. I belong to a kingdom. He speaks and he brings authority and demands as a citizen something. Religion wants you to do stuff to please the gods. But as a citizen, gives you a different place, a different platform. You see, a religion has members. A kingdom doesn't have members, it has citizens. A religion has members. And members work on emotions. Citizen works on rights. That's why the Bible says what? Our citizenship is in heaven. Come on. A king doesn't have members of a country. He has citizens of a country. You are a citizen of the kingdom of God. 
That's who you are. And there's a way of the kingdom that we need to understand. Kingdom is a culture. It's a lifestyle. Amen. And next week, we're going to start looking at the components of the kingdom of God and what it means for us. Are you excited? Don't miss out. So if I can summarize today, it's too much. Kingdom is about who he is, a person. First, seek the king. And our mandate within the kingdom is to express his nature and his culture. That's what we need to do. And that you are a citizen. You're not a member. You're not in religion. You belong to a kingdom, as we said, cannot be shaken. That's why Jesus come to announce and says, repent, turn back the original glory. I want you to express the glory, the nature of the kingdom in this earth. Come on, let's stand together. Just close your eyes. Just, for, just turn your focus to the Lord for, for one more minute. To say that, Lord, here I am. Help me. I think this morning we can also help me, Jesus. Help us. There's so much that we need to understand about your kingdom, Lord. That's why Jesus said, when you pray, you say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, it's my prayer this morning that we will start understanding the very nature and culture of the kingdom, of your kingdom. And that God calls you as a citizen. And I just want to give that opportunity again this morning that we said, John 3, 3 says, the only way to enter the kingdom is if you are born again. Born in the flesh, but born of spirit. And if you're not born again, I want to give you that opportunity afterwards that we can pray with you to come and become born again, to belong as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. So if that's you, come to us afterwards and let us pray with you. And let just the Lord speak to you now and say, and this week, Father, Holy Spirit, let my focus shift. Let my mindset shift. Come and change the way I think. And let me start seeing the way that I need to live and operate in your kingdom. And as we end, we say, Lord, your kingdom come. And your will be done in our lives on earth as it is in heaven. We honor you. We love you. Father, I bless everyone that as we together as a family go on this journey of the kingdom, that you will reveal more and more and we will see. And Father, I just I speak it over each and every one of us that we will see the manifestation of the sons of God. The glory of God being revealed. We honor you and we say thank you, Lord, that this is all about you, our King and our Lord. We love you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's just give God a hand again. Amen. Tian, are you done counting? Are you here? While Tian is coming to the front, just 
two, two more things, practical things that we're streamlining. So we're going to have communion service every first Sunday of a month. All right. So every first Sunday of a month, you can come prepared. We're going to have as a family communion together. Every last Sunday of a month, we're going to have a baptism service. Baptism water, baptism Holy Spirit and fire. So if you need to know about someone that needs to get, that means next week Sunday. It's the last Sunday, so it's baptism. So what we're going to do, because a lot of people want to, they don't always understand everything. So if you want to, or you know about someone, then you need to be early bird catches the worm. All right? 7.45, quarter to 8, on the stoop, there will be an info session until 8.30. Every last Sunday of the month to explain baptism, Holy Spirit, so that we can do that together as a family and rejoice. That's the power and the release in the kingdom. Amen. So every first Sunday of a month, communion, every last Sunday of a month, baptism, Holy Spirit, water, all those things. And if you want to and understand it, the info session, 7.45 to 8.30 on the stoop. Amen. Tian, just come stand next to me. We just want to welcome Tian, Tian Fainter. All right. He comes from Brumeria, but he's an intern. He studied and finished Bible school, and he's with us this year. And we want to welcome you just personally and physically as a congregation. You'll see him moving around, doing stuff, but he's going to make our hands lighter, work and labor with us in the kingdom of God, learn and grow, and just be part of this family. So just give him a hand. We want to welcome you. We say it's good to have you with us. Amen. Sorry, ladies. He's already engaged. All right. He's getting married later this year. So, um, Amen. Are you satisfied? We bless. We love you. We bless you. If you need ministry, come and we'll pray together. We've got a team. We'll minister. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for working with us. And then we love to see you next week. Bring someone. They need to understand kingdom and they need to be filled with that. Amen. Be blessed. Go and fellowship if you want to. There's coffee and tea outside. Know that we love you and we send you in God's grace. Remember next week, Sunday evening, six o'clock, worship and ministry evening as well. Amen. Be blessed. We love you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like to know more about who we are and what we do, go visit lwpe.co.za. You are formed to function, so let's build.